Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host once again, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week, as you know, we plan to feature businesses, generally primarily in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security as we go through the course of each of our shows. We're going to veer a little again away from things today as far as the local, although it does have very much to do with our business in the local area. And we're going to uh, talk with Nicholas, and he goes by Nick Cooley. He's the founder and CEO of the North Florida Security Academy. And this today is going to be a show about training and the security training, improving the industry that we're in, and really taking a look at, at the industry overall as far as the training aspects. Nick, fantastic to have you here. Well, thank you very much. Let me ask you, let's just start off with one thing. Who is Nick Cooley? How'd you get in this business? Let's hear a little bit of the what got you here first. After years of, um, I'm a native of Florida, and after years of um, corporate management, paramedical field, as a paramedic in the Tampa, St. Pete area, I traveled around the country a little bit doing running major corporations. I became an unemployable MBA with a doctoral degree in Charlotte, North Carolina. Somebody suggested that I look at security because I always loved law enforcement. The next thing I know, I'm a security officer in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it was about 11, 12 years ago. That sounds like a good way to get into security. You just kind of fall into it. <laughs> I, I wanted to be a state trooper back in the 80s, and um, it, that, it just didn't happen. And so I've always had the law enforcement, paramedical service organizations trying to help people. That's always been in my blood, even some of the big corporate companies that I worked for. I chose smaller ones, you know, to help them grow and develop. And it was always about helping people. Well, you mentioned a Ph.D. And it's not often you find someone in this business that has a Ph.D. What is your Ph.D. in? Human body behavior and counseling. Very interesting. So that uh, that's perfect perfectly transitions into this into the training that you do i know you did own your own security services company and it is based in basically tallahassee florida correct and all around the georgia uh, florida line there your company now the north florida security academy Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that let's start off with what you teach and i've got another very important question to ask you okay We started off teaching the unarmed security officer training that's required by the state of Florida, um, which is a 40-hour course. Um, Once we got approved to do that, we basically started the company to help farm and recruit um, unlicensed people to come work for us. We figured Mm -hmm. if we could train them right the first time, they would become better officers. 90% of my upper command staff when I had my agency were former students. The guy that bought my company Two and a half years ago, he was one of my students because they bought into my philosophies. They bought into what I was teaching them through our academy. Now it's growing since I've sold the um, security agency and working on this full-time. We do the armed 
um, security training for armed officers. We're going to look like starting going into the North South Georgia and get our Georgia credentials to teach um, unarmed and armed security in the South Georgia region. Uh, for a lot of the Florida agencies that are so close, um, we teach COBRA, which is a self-defense academy. Um, we prepare, prepare our unarmed officers and being able to protect themselves if they can't or don't want to carry a firearm. We also teach a lot of active shooter and critical incident training through using through NRA programs like Refuse to Be a Victim, COBRA, Alice, um, Raider, um, which are all um, different types of active shooter training. So we're trying to prepare corporations, prepare our, our own, our security officers in protecting themselves and being aware of what their surroundings are to save lives. Let me ask you an even more important question. A lot of people, you know, they talk about what they do and how they do and all that, but probably one of the most important questions is the why, is asking the why. So why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? It's simply that I believe there's some deficiencies in the security industry as a whole. There's deficiencies in training, recruiting, uh, retaining quality officers that are out there in the front of the line, the first responders. We're there well before law enforcement gets there. They need to be trained and trained better than anyone else. And unfortunately, our state requirements are minimal. Are very minimal, way minimal, more than the the law enforcement side. But we're the first ones there. We're wearing a badge. We still have a target on us. We're still acceptable to being, you know, most people don't realize that thousands of security officers are killed in the line of duty around the country. They don't talk about us. My job is to make awareness to that help agencies like your own and other agencies that I consult with to be better and get them to train their people more thoroughly to save lives so they can save lives and we can save their life down the road. You touched on something that I absolutely agree with, and, and that is, and I, I preach it, is when, when 9-11 happened, the whole paradigm, that's the name paradigm security, the whole paradigm of security changed. Private security is now much more of a first responder expectation. They're much more out there on the line. We see the stuff first. We report it first. We, you know, we notify the law enforcement or the emergency medical staff. Mm-hmm. So that training is very important, which is one of the reasons why you know, we started our own training academy as well, is because we want to make sure that our people are trained, not send them to somebody else in the area that you you really don't know all you know is what you hear and and half the time that's not exactly positive so we wanted to do it right which is what basically why you set this up is because you want at least that's what i'm hearing what you want is to get these people trained right trained thoroughly so that when something happens they're not trying to stand around and wonder what to do they know what to do and how to react Correct. I mean, I've seen that with other security companies that um, when I was an agency owner and bidded against other security companies, it was because there was an incident and their officers had no clue what to do. Their command staff, maybe their ownership, didn't know what to do when the chaos starts on a critical incident. Those companies contracted with me because we had a plan. We knew what we needed to do 
to take those actions. And we're just very been very fortunate to not have anyone injured or killed, you know, in our communities yet, at least in my community, because of lack of training. Well, in today's world, you can't fly. Flying by the seat of the pants like the old days is not a good way to handle private security. Mm. You've got to have that training. You, as you said, you've got to have a plan. You'd like to think that all companies have somebody that's law enforcement background or military background or something that owns the company, runs the company, trains the company. But, you know, sadly, that is very seldom actually the case. It's somebody that's thought, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let's go for it and see if we can do this. Like Paradigm, with my background of law enforcement, not a lot of people are like that. No, I mean, it's not hard for somebody to, a big corporate figure, a lot of money, open up a security agency and not have any clue. And then they're hiring people that don't have a clue. But they're just looking at it for a quick money maker that you can buy franchises now in security and they don't have to have any experience whatsoever. All they you just need is the money. Enough, all you have to have is enough to be able to get the license. That's correct. And, yeah. you know, Little I want to, like you said, with your name, Paradigm, I want to make that shift to changing our industry, changing our industry and the perception that the public has of our industry of being that old name, the rent-a-cop, the little mall guard. I want us to have professional security officers that represent a pride of our industry. So if I can change a little bit, change the philosophy of a community, and I can get our pay rates up from minimum wage type jobs to decent paying jobs. We'll get better people. We'll get better people. We train them. The public's perception of us will go up. The important thing is, and there again, something I always say, perception is reality, especially in the world of security. And that, that perception has got to change. People need to understand what the importance of security. It's not like they're the, uh, the equivalent to your janitorial staff or whatever. These people sometimes are the difference between someone, well, someone dying and someone living. That's correct. And, you know, that sounds theatrical, but literally it is the truth in today's world. And there are so many companies out here that really don't have a clue, but they preach a good, they preach a good line and they sound great. But when you really get down to it and they start reacting and doing things and you see them in the process and you see behind the scenes, unfortunately, they really don't have a clue. And that's, that's not a good situation if an emergency situation comes up. That's correct. And I believe that we can make a shift. It's going to take one agency owner like yourself and like a couple other agencies that I work with and consult with. It's going to take one agency at a time to buy in that training is the most important part of finding skilled people and getting skilled people. A lot of them are passionate about what we do, but they have no skills to do what we do. They'd love to be able to do it, but they just don't know how. And nobody's training them. They take, I've seen supervisors untrained only because they became a supervisor because they were the only ones that didn't call out sick in the exactly. first 30 days. And they go, well, we need somebody like you. Oh, okay, come on. Oh, by the way, you're a sergeant now, and they don't have any clue what they're doing. That's why we created a certified supervisor training program so that they go through a 20-hour course write nine essays and have to be graded on those essays and on their 
testing before they get to be promoted. But if I can get one agency after another to buy in, that training is the key. And unfortunately, unlike your agency where you were in law enforcement, you have great people, amazing people that work with you that have the skills that can train them. Other agencies don't have that. You're having an unskilled, uneducated person that thinks they know what security should do. And call themselves a trainer. And they call themselves a trainer. And they're out there training people, and they don't have any business being a security officer in some cases, but they're the ones out there teaching these uneducated security officers what to do. So it's like Absolutely. the blind leading the blind, and we have to stop that. And that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to come up and meet you guys, because you guys represent that. Well, let me ask you this. How long have you been teaching? This August, it will be my 40th year teaching something. Wow. I started teaching when I was 15 years old for the American, Heart, American Red Cross. So I've been teaching something for 40 years this, um, this August. You know, you have the Ph.D. What other qualifications certifications a, areas of expertise do you I have, have a, a I have an MBA I have a bachelor's degree in corporate training and design where I, instead of becoming a classroom teacher I did the corporate training and design to design corporate training models um, and I also when I got my um, got into security I went back to school and picked up an AS degree in security management I'm internationally certified by um, a couple different organizations now both as a protection officer and as a uh, supervisor manager i have those i'm an active shooter instructor i'm an nra law enforcement handgun shotgun instructor basic law enforcement or basic nra basic pistol instructor i'm also a refuse to be a victim instructor i could go on oh i tell you <laughs> it's long <laughs> what kind of uh, consultant work do you actually do i work with other agencies in helping them from interviewing their command staff to all the way down to their office manager I go in and I try to pull out and extract asking questions um, and listening to what their concerns are because sometimes I found that officers command staff don't know how to approach ownership they don't know how to send that message that they're having issues to ownership so I'll work with the team write up a nice report and then present it to ownership with some recommendations of here's some things that you might want to change this is something that you're seeing this is something i'm hearing i help to put together a plan and i come back through and follow up one of the security companies i work with in jacksonville aero security in jacksonville i consult with um, them all the time they're sales guys i train their sales guys how to go out and sell and present in a professional manner and he's added dozens of new sites now and he's got the background he's got the passion he loves that company i've trained their supervisors to be supervisors in security not supervisors at a restaurant it's different how we approach our mentality is different i don't teach them laws i don't teach them skills as far as things i teach them how to approach people how to communicate and that's one of my in my security training school i teach people how to communicate with each other how to interview people how to talk to people because our physical presence is the first sign 98 percent of all of our issues can be resolved with command presence in our physical uniform i've seen too many officers their uniform looks horrible their attitude is horrible 
our phones are dangerous, they need to get rid of those things. And when we change that perceptive of what the public sees of us, our rates will go up, our pay will go up, our quality will go up, and we'll become a public partnership and bridge that gap between law enforcement and the public well, and that, help them. That's a, you know, that's an interesting topic because I know here we try to work very closely with our county police department, the Gwinnett County Police Department. Uh, they've got some fantastic officers. They've got some tremendously great command staff from the chief, who is a fantastic guy, all the way down. And they care about their community. And we have managed through working with the community improvement districts here to build a very close relationship with a lot of the Gwinnett County Police. And that public-private partnership that is so important that businesses look for in outside security, but just for other businesses, people don't realize just how important it is to the security industry for that public-private relationship. I know as a law enforcement officer, I, I tell my students when we're in the academy, I think you know, we always looked at, you know, the security guards, you know, go away, you know, you get on the scene, there's a security guard there, you say, look, go find you something to do, get out of my way, if you don't, I'm going to put your butt in jail. Well, I don't want people looking at my security staff that way. I don't want law enforcement looking at my security staff that way. And I tell all my officers that, you know, if you're not proud and you don't look at this as a profession if you just want to be a security quote unquote security guard then you're coming to the the wrong company i I don't need you i don't want you there i don't want that attitude if you don't have a professional approach to your thought process of what you're doing and a passion for it then you don't need to be working here because i don't want law enforcement looking at the people as that's security guard over there that gets in my way. Mm-hmm. I want him to know that my people are there not to get in the way, but if he needs assistance, he needs questions, he needs something done, we're there. If all of a sudden the tables turn and you're in a physical struggle or whatever, we're there to help you. Mm-hmm. And we'll get these people off your back. We'll be right there with you. And that feeling from law enforcement, when they can know that someone's on that site, that has enough training, it has enough thought about themselves, is professional enough to be of, a, of an asset to them, there's a whole different world of approach from law enforcement. And that community approach with the police, it's just got to be there. Correct. I mean, it took a lot of, it took a, a good long time for our community, when I first started my agency, to blend and bond with a lot of the oh, yeah. officers and I know um, my Jacksonville agency that I work with has an amazing relationship with um, JSO um, in, in Jacksonville they they talk the same talk they talk the same language they helped them with big major drug busts they helped facilitated hundreds of arrests you know because they are communicating regularly with upper management, but you know, they don't do that with every security company. No, they don't. They will look at some security companies and I've had law enforcement tell me, look, we'll work with you guys because you guys are on the top of the call list. If they say it's with priority or your agency, we're coming right now, as opposed to any other security company, we'll get there when we get there because we don't believe them. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. They don't don't know what they're doing and they aren't there to support them. the law enforcement took a while in our community because of some of the poor 
small little mom and pop agencies that just call law enforcement for everything instead of us handling our business there's a lot of people don't realize how much power and authority we have on private property more than law enforcement because law enforcement as you know can only enforce what statutes and laws we can enforce all the property rules yep and then when they don't follow what we do or what we're telling them then law enforcement can back us up and help us enforce those property rules that are being violated that could cause a crime you know big parties we can break those up because it's part of the property rules law enforcement you can't they're not breaking any laws yep exactly one of the things you talked about was some of the different things that you touch on in your training academy such as refuse to be a victim Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that the refuse to be a victim is a very very old um, nra program that's been around since the 90s it was originally started for women only and now over the years it has progressed to it's open to everybody it's a scalable program that we touch on all areas of safety public awareness self-awareness um, we talk about um, doors, windows, locks, how to go to the ATM machine, how to be aware of your surroundings. Talk to them about self-defense. NRA Refuse to Be a Victim program is not a firearm program. It is strictly meant for the layperson, the business owner, the service organizations, Rotary, Kiwanis, any business. It's affordable. It can be anywhere from 20 to $25 a person. And they get to six to eight hours, and it's scalable depending on organization and the needs of that organization. So I can tailor it and scale it depending on what they need. One of those things that's important to do is, is have something that you can get out there and talk to people about. Correct. And, you know, there's the run, hide, fight stuff that, mm-hmm. uh, that the FBI put out. And, and, you know, that is one of the programs that, you know, I'd, I'd love to do on Lunch and Learns is to go in there and just offer that up, show them the video, discuss it, talk with people about things, and, and it opens eyes. It doesn't matter. I mean, I have I have COBRA, the organization COBRA, the academy that I have, has a active shooter response plan. I'm also ALICE certified, which is an older, uh, started around just after Columbine. They're all over the country. They've trained thousands, almost a million people now. There's... Law Shield has one. FBI has one. Homeland Security has one. Correct. They're all about the same. The important the, thing is, is getting taking it. action. You know, because I, I I realized when I took my first one, I realized that this became a passion when I realized you know we teach our kids in school to take action, stranger danger, run, yell, scream. We teach them to drop and roll when they get caught on fire. But what they weren't teaching or they were teaching before it started to it started to roll around the country a little more was to hide underneath of the desk and don't do anything. Well, we have documents of people that have committed active shooters in schools to shooting at targets on the ground because they knew where all the kids were going to be. Exactly. But it's not just schools. I, I have to tell you that. It is not schools businesses are more than 43 percent of all active shooter incidences 43 percent the schools just hit us because the news media reports it but just like the other day the hero riley in north carolina he took action 
Absolutely. He's probably saved dozens of lives. He lost his life saving others. He's a hero. We need to remember that man's name forever, not the person who did the shooting. Absolutely. We are guilty as a society of making all the memories about the guy that did it rather than the guy that saved lives. lives. And there's hundreds of them that have never made the news that stopped a potential incident and nobody knows who they are. Oh, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about the COBRA self-defense. COBRA was, um, I was looking for a good self-defense program because I didn't come from law law enforcement. I didn't come from the military. So my self-defense skills were just what I learned. (laughs) Um, Street fighting. And I found Cobra. They're out of um, Largo, Florida. They have an amazingly awesome branded name. They are worldwide. Um, So I signed in to become one of their academies, got certified as an instructor for them. They offer just a very wide range of courses that we can offer from a 10-week self-defense academy to a one-day self-defense academy. Um, down to an active shooter, real estate, um, professional real estate agent, um, self-awareness and safety and self-defense program. I can tailor the programs to whatever organization. Um, They now have a CAP program, a child abduction program that will help kids. We teach it to kids where they can learn how to protect themselves from being abducted and taken away from their families. Teaching them different levels. It is not karate. Yep. Nobody wears a gi. Karate, you, until you become a brown belt, black belt, you, you don't have any self-defense skills. This is real life. It's basically like a law enforcement academy for civilians, and we teach you how to take somebody down and get away, and get away to save your life. And their active shooter program is just one of them where I can use what they've given me, use their plans to help an agency, help a company, help an apartment complex management to build their response program, using it to help teach their staff what to do when they hear gunfire. We, we've started a, a self-defense that we do here too. And you know, the important thing is that it's not an aggression. It's not aggressive type self-defense. It's, it's literally self-defense. It's how to create that space, how to get yourself out of a situation mm-hmm. and maintain your safety and long enough to call law enforcement in to assist you or, or get you help there or whatever. Correct. Uh, but that's important for these security officers to understand because every day somebody in a security field is going to run into somebody that wants to test them. It's like I tell the officers, you're there because they expect the people to follow the rules. Well, many people, most people, let's just say a lot of people that you deal with, but primarily that we deal with, they don't want to follow the laws, the rules. They don't, you know, those rules for somebody else. I want to do this and you can't stop me. You're not a cop. Well, yeah, we can, and that's our job is to do that. And... How do you do that is what they've got to learn. How do you do it without necessarily going to the ground and, and fisticuffs and fighting? I don't want any officer to get hurt. And I let them know your job is not to go out there and get injured. Your job is to make sure that the job gets done, your client's happy, their rules are followed, and you're not there just to grab somebody, throw them off the property. A lot of people don't understand that that's not, you know, they think, well, I'm supposed to grab him. I'm supposed to get, the object is to teach them a better way. 
which right. is what you're talking about. Teaching de- de-escalation, how to de-escalate exactly. a situation, but blend it with situational management skills. Knowing what situation, making sure that that crowd doesn't get around behind you. But when all else fails, we need, as security, the general public, need to be aware that we need to make sure our hands are in the right place. We may need to make sure, because, you know, a security officer can be arrested for being an aggressor in any situation. Absolutely. Which, rightfully, they should. And, unfortunately, that happens to, to a lot of them from time to time because they think that they are all-powerful, all-knowing. They got all the, the God syndrome in them. And they don't need that. They need to be, look, let's move. Let's get this done. But that's because they lack the communication skills that I like to add to my classes of asking questions, talking to people, how to communicate. Because the more they can communicate, de-escalate the situation and get them to do what they need. Verbal Judo 101. Yep. Great book. <laughs> Verbal Judo. Just getting people to do what you're supposed to, you need them to do without becoming the aggressor. But with self-defense and be going hands-on, we need to be prepared when when somebody swings because we can defend ourselves like anyone else and it's just a matter of enough force to put the threat down absolutely not over aggressive force it's just enough force without having to go to deadly force which is a firearm it's just enough force but if you're not aware it starts there if you're not aware of the situation that you're about to be in you're going to get hurt absolutely or killed at the worst and that's what you don't want that's right everybody's always got a camera around and it always looks the worst because they only film what they want or they cut out all the rust oh yeah well let me ask you this you know we've talked a lot about the training a lot about uh, the changes in our industry that are coming and hopefully some of us can make those changes in the in the system itself georgia needs a lot better a lot stricter controls over security not really controls. I think it's they need expectations. Expectations. They need man, more. They need more training, and it needs to be what their expectations are. As these companies give them more training, and we're a little we're a little lax in that area as far as the requirements that companies uh, are required to do. They need to be a little bit stronger in mandations. But as we talked in the beginning, you're actually in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right there on the basically the Georgia-Florida border and operating around that area. If somebody wants to get in touch with you and they want to, say, come down and, and talk with you by phone or by email or come down to your place and mm-hmm. take a look and maybe go through one of your classes, can you give us some information for the, like your phone number, your email address, and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, the phone number is 850-692-2231 take that one more time real slow 850-692-2231 there you go my email address is uh, north.florida.academy at gmail.com a lot of people using those gmails it's so much easier to get through the cloud and that's north.florida.academy or at at gmail.com i hope that the We've shed some light on the uh, training and the what we need, where it's going. And there are companies out there that put more emphasis on training. And that it's not everybody that does that. And that's an important thing for people to know. And I think the general public, as they consider looking at security, 
when they go, you know what, I think it's time that we hire security or let's look at it. If the general public that's hiring us as security really do their due diligence and dig into the company and find out, are they really just saying that they do training or do they have training records? Do they have a training manager? Are they like your agency that has a training department? Do they really have the training records? They should be able to ask for those and make sure that the officer that they are hiring, putting on their property, inviting them into their secrets, has been thoroughly trained and helped to set. If the companies would, the public would offer or require that the company that they're hiring has those standards, we can start making another shift because then the companies are gonna have to have the training. But hopefully what we'll do is we'll get to a point where companies look at it and understand that, what is it one company says, um, cheap security isn't quality security. That's correct. And quality security isn't cheap. <laughs> it's kind of a takeoff on what another company, it's not what a security company, but I do like that type of it that is. type of approach. Absolutely. But uh, pay a little bit more and get the quality that you expect so that you're not unhappy. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. This has been a great discussion, and I hope people enjoyed it. Remember, you can always join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime, including this one again, uh, by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on Gwinnett Studio, and then click on, of course, Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we talk with you and business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Nick Cooley. Appreciate it very much. Appreciate it. And I am Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.